Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome you to Porch Talk. This is your host, Alan, and uh, and it's, it's good to be here today. It's a Zoom call, and I'm headed out to the Music City. I have somebody here with me that I have been a fan of since the day that I met James Mullis. It's completely his fault. I have none other than Ryan Saab. Ryan, how you doing? Hey, Alan. I'm doing great. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Um, at least James did one good thing. <laughs> you gonna put that on him <laughs> yeah he he deserves it he he gets so much love uh from me and from everybody else he needs a hard time once in a while yeah dude so uh when i was going over to birmingham to have james on the cast for the first time uh he shared uh he's like on your way up listening to this and it was ryan Saab in the dead mall concrete feelings and so from Kennedy, Alabama, which is about 45 minutes west of Tuscaloosa to Birmingham, about an hour and a half, two-hour drive, dude. I, I must have listened to that from track one through probably four or five times, dude. Beautiful piece. Oh, that's awesome, man. Um, James actually is on uh, – uh, on- the bonus track, uh, which we recorded in Birmingham, uh, James plays the riff on the still waiting, um, like the drum machine version. Um, but that's so cool. Um, yeah, I, 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 I think that that's just rad. Yeah, man. And I mean, just before we move on, just on concrete feelings, man, like, uh, recently my father passed away. And when I was reflecting through music, um, Man, concrete feelings came up, and I got to tell you, man, like, I, I'm glad that it exists. And Ryan, like, uh, I wanted to tell you this face to face as best we can, but uh, it really helped me. I mean, yeah, I, I don't really have a lot of words for that. That's, uh, that's, that's amazing to hear. I'm, I'm so sorry for, um, for you having to go through that. And, uh, yeah, it's just uh, uh, that's a that's a pretty rare thing. Um, yeah, I, I, I you know 
obviously have a day job and, and been playing in bands for years. Uh, I, the fact that that, uh, uh, you know, EP connects with you is, um, it's really special to me. It, it honestly, uh, uh, I was talking to my girlfriend about it uh, when you sent me a message about doing the, the podcast. That, um, that's just, that's, I really, uh, it's, it, that means a lot to me. Um, and uh, yeah, just, uh, yeah, man, it, it's it's. I think it's rare. Of uh, man, I, I host the open mic in Columbus, Mississippi, and uh, for whatever reason, of uh, I had never seen this this girl, chick, lady, whatever, of uh, before in my life, and she was at Monson Brothers that night, and uh, I had already played like the originals that I had laid out. I usually play my originals at the beginning. Then I'll, like when I get back up on there to to close, I'll do covers. And uh, I did uh, Ryan Adams' uh, When the Stars Go Blue. And uh, like I, I could tell that it was emotionally connecting with her. And after we had got done playing it, she was like, if you don't mind, would you play that again? And she started sobbing up, and I was like, Man, it it has been so long since like I've been in like an intimate setting such as this and someone to connect. And the only thing that I was thinking was I just wish it was my song. So like I, I couldn't imagine like uh on the other side of this, like someone going through a hardship and them finding just resolute or whatever that is in in your artwork to where job well done, right? Uh you know, you, you created a piece of art, you put it out there to the world and like, it helped me through a hard time, you know? Yeah. I, I, I that's, that's, uh, um, yeah, I, I, it really does, uh, uh, mean a lot to me. And, um, I think that, that you hit the nail on the head with, uh, with, with it being, um, it being a, a piece of art that exists, um, outside of, uh, outside of myself and, uh, uh, you know, we, we made it and, uh, it's definitely, you know, not something that, re that reached a lot of people and not because, um, I didn't want it to reach a lot of people. It's just, um, it, uh, yeah, we, you know, we've, we've just been playing and, and, um, and kind of hitting the ground with it for, for years. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a rarity. Uh, we do have people, I think that, uh, that connect with the music and you and I have some more music taste, but, um, you know, you saying that, uh, it, it, uh, it almost takes me out of it. Cause I forget that, uh, uh, that anybody really, um, you know, listens to that stuff sometimes. So, um, yeah, yeah it, uh, it really, it really kind of, it's, it's a hard thing to put into words. It's, uh, it's a complicated feeling. It makes me feel, um, yeah, it makes me feel a lot of things, <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, uh, it's, it's you doing your job as an artist, you know, and like, uh, uh, Ruben, like I, I listen to him sometimes and he, he talks about like the art and what it takes to make it and like the importance of making art for yourself. And if you, if you go trying to make art for someone else with an audience or a muse in mind, it's commerce. It's not art at that point. Like, uh, you, you do art because of what's going on inside of you and it's not your job for it to connect with the audience uh it'll i mean we, we've all done well not all of us listening but you and i i mean we've probably wrote a song and 
the story behind or whatever that emotion or feeling was behind the song of someone will approach you about it and be like, man, I had this happen in my life and this is how I relate to that song. Well, that that's from, that's left field for me, but good for you. And I, I I'm not going to spoil that for you, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. Um, yeah, I, uh, I I was hanging out with a friend who was playing a song uh, that that she'd written uh, yesterday, and I was thinking of a specific thing. And and, and it being a good friend, I kind of had I, what I thought was an idea of what the song was about. It was, it was really moving, and it had some uh, some some great lines in it. Uh, but when she finished playing it, she was she was just like, I was actually thinking about this. Uh, it was totally different. Um, and it, I, I mean, you know. She was like, but that's why, you know, like why it's cool is, uh, you know, you're you're getting something totally different out of it. Um, it was kind of a, the, the idea of the song was really, really wonderful. Uh, um, basically, just that, uh, that love as a uh, love as it exists is um, transcendent. That's, you know, pretty I think a lot of people have tried to write that that song and a lot of successful attempts at that idea, but she was basically saying that like time uh, rules everything in our lives uh, except for love. And that's why a loved one that's, that's gone uh, is still as close to us as, as anything else, regardless of the time that's passed or a partner that we have gotten a divorce from um, that version of that person that we were close to is, it, it exists in perpetuity because of the connection that we had um, uh, or, you know, and, and that I, I just thought that that idea was, uh, um, was, yeah, really, uh, really incredible. And I connected to it in a totally different way than, than she had intended with, uh, with a different scenario in mind. And uh, yeah, so I, I agree. Um, yeah. Well, cool, man. I, I wanted to uh, back up and get to know you a little bit. Like, uh, I, I have a lot of Birmingham lore on uh, Ryan Saab. Uh, I think one of my favorites is Katie Mulhill. Uh, there was a bill made up, and I, I think you've you've done this countless times, but uh, there was a, a bill put up at the Nick, and uh, you went by a, pseudo, a pseudonym. Yeah, yeah. We, and, I, <laughs> and then you showed up. She's like, oh, it's Ryan. <laughs> oh that's funny uh yeah i thought uh uh i think i think we did i can't remember what we were like winchester or something that night uh lover action i don't know it was um that's funny yeah we did we did that a lot i was trying to come up with band names um and just hoping that one would stick and then eventually the dead mall did um but yeah we used especially at the nick uh used to do that a lot that's funny that katie remembers that katie's amazing um what a fantastic songwriter as well uh, yeah. but yeah uh we i was in birmingham for six years i went to birmingham southern college i worked at the oasis uh, as a bar back then i worked at the pita stop waiting tables and then i worked at um uh avondale common house uh waiting tables and bartending uh, so I was bouncing around playing music. The first show I played, I think, at the Nick was with a shoegaze band called Dead Sea Flowers um, in like 20, 
2012, 2013 or something. Right on, dude. Like, I think that's where we really connect is like, I'm a huge shoegaze fan, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's your, uh, what's your go-to shoegaze records? Well, dude, like, uh, I'm, I'm a little, I'm gonna go modern with this, but it was produced out of Cornelius Chapel was with, uh, oh my God, they were out of Hamilton, Alabama. Uh, this would have been, I can see the, the record in my mind. Ooh, put on the spot. It was Brian Manasco and, uh, Kai Carter. Do you know if Les did it? If Les Newby recorded Les Newby did record it. Okay. I think I remember, uh, uh I remember it just came to me and it left. Dang it. Go ahead. <laughs> Did the dude have a? Uh, I remember last recording a, uh, a shoegaze uh, band where the dude had a, a, a tattoo of the cross on his face. Uh, no, this is a different guy. Okay, yeah. Uh, he told me but that there, that dude said. You yeah, guys, oh, he, he said that uh, this guy tattooed the cross on his face. Uh, that way, he would have no other uh, option other than to play music, which I thought was a really funny. Uh, reason to get that uh, tattooed on your face. Dirty clergy. Oh yeah, those guys. Those guys are great. Yeah, and the, I mean that, and like modern, and it's Alabama, so I have an affinity for that. I'm an Alabamian, so anything from Alabama, I'm just going to be. But like shoegaze, like I just I love that sound, uh, that sound, and then it goes back to like a Spaceman Three, even with like drone rock, which I am obsessed with uh yeah. even to frank zappas or anything and i think that was the thing that kind of lured me really into like man like where i'm at now like uh i mean you you had you had some kind of drone going in on concrete fillings it wasn't real heavy but it was there uh but yeah dude so like before birmingham where are you from ron i'm from outside of chicago i'm from the suburbs there um and uh on the topic of Spaceman Three, before I, I talk about uh, the uh, coming from there, um, I went and saw Spiritualized this year, um, and that that's kind of you know it's it's obviously not two gays, it's uh, um, but there is that like drone element to what he's doing in Spiritualized, which you know stems from his work in Spaceman Three, but um, that that space by favorite uh, uh spaceman three song is uh hey man uh where it's, it's just the two chords over and over and he's like there's a black smoke rising lord it's so it's that that shit really and yeah and there's like there's something uh there's something building throughout it without it being like over somebody's like four on the floor like getting big it's just kind of uh yeah that uh i yeah i'm I love that shit. Um, but yeah, I grew up uh, in Chicago. I had a band. I had a couple bands in high school. One that I thought was really good. I still think it's really good. It's my favorite. Uh, I mean, I really love uh, the the Dead Mall did an EP called Carnival Shapes. That's probably my favorite uh, like thing that we've put out. Just the closest to me. We did it on a four track. Um, I just uh, I, I felt really seen uh, recording wise in that way. Um, I did it with Preston, a uh, longtime collaborator and bass player. Uh, but 
this uh, this band I had in high school is called Moonlander. We had like a six song EP, and I I think it's some of the best stuff that I've been a part of. Uh, um, I wanted everybody to to drop everything and do do that. Um, and uh, we like played around Iowa and Illinois and um, opened for bands. It was it was cool, but uh, the venue that we played at that kind of was pretty formative played there a few times. I had another pseudonym band called Sugar Ray Romano with the, the uh, drummer from that uh, Moonlander. It was, it was a venue out in the sticks, like rural Illinois. The back of it was um, the back of it was like a mortuary, like, uh, like embalming and stuff. In front of it was a hookah bar and a straight edge venue. And uh, they had like hearses parked in the parking lot. This is like an hour and a half outside of Chicago, like rural Illinois. And your choice if you played there was you could either uh, get your set recorded for free. They would pay you $30 or you could get uh, a pizza. And that was the three choices that you had. So we would just record the sets every time. We'd yeah. make a CD of the set, and it sounded horrible. It was awesome. Uh, <laughs> it was really cool. Uh, it, the place was called Swing State. was the name of the venue. It was cool. Yeah, dude. So uh, just like uh, growing up Illinois outside of Chicago, man, like tell me a little bit about uh, – the the formative years was it always music i mean what what were you interested in what were you doing um just i grew up next to like uh, a huge wooded area um so i was really into like tom sawyer and huck finn and, and and stuff like that uh as a young kid my grandpa would go out there with me and we'd uh you know mess around build slingshots uh when I got older we'd chop down trees and and shoot pellet guns and stupid stuff you know um but then uh yeah I, I got into music um probably when I was like 13 and uh became pretty obsessed with the guitar met a good friend who uh still one of my best friends played a moonlander with me um and yeah, we just, uh, I, I was pretty just obsessed with music. The first, the first, my favorite record of all time is Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young's Deja Vu. That's my favorite, favorite record. That was my intro to music. I was the, that was the first thing that got me excited about music. And that was when I was, you know, five or six, my dad got me onto that. And my, at the time, my dad was really into like a, a weird mix of stuff. Um, but he, uh, he was playing Elton John, um, uh, Hockey Chateau and that record, uh, uh, CSNY's Deja Vu and, um, like Barry White's greatest hits. It was a weird combo, but I connected to this, uh, Cross Stills, Nash and Young stuff. Then, um, I got into like kind of goofy, you know, uh, classic rock radio. I loved Guns N' Roses, was a huge Guns N' Roses fan. And then when I was probably about 15, I got into Jason Molina, Drive-By Truckers, and Pavement. And then a little bit past that, you know, 17, 18, got in the replacements and 
and then that was it. Yeah, I definitely hear those influences coming through, especially when it comes to those latter ones, dude, especially replacements. Uh, man, shout out to it. So uh, graduate high school, uh, was how would you end up at Birmingham Southern, brother? I had a, an uncle in Homewood, Alabama, um, and um, I studied music at Birmingham Southern. I played uh, lacrosse there. I played a sport for four years which paid for, uh, you know, that it, it was, uh, yeah, I was fortunate to, to not have to pay for college, not through sports, but, uh, well, partially through sports, but, um, I had, I wasn't a good student in high school, but I had good test scores coming out of high school and Birmingham Southern paid for just about all of my college. Uh, so I really want to go to Rhodes college in, uh, Memphis. Mm-hmm. And that was like my, what I really wanted to do. And, uh, my parents talked to me about it and I, I think that they made a really good call. They, they I think my dad just put it as like the idea of graduating college and then owing somebody a ton of money just to go to this, this school that you think you really want to go to, you know? So basically I ended up in Birmingham. I didn't even visit the college, uh, beforehand. My parents just dropped me off there. And, um, and then I was, you know, in Birmingham for the first time. I'd never really been to the South before. The, the main thing I knew about the South was drive by truckers records. A hundred percent. Wow, dude. Uh, you know, just from hanging out with James, man, I, I would have just imagined that y'all had grown up together and y'all just decided to be roommates. Yeah, I mean, me and James, when, when we met, it was funny that we were so similar and from totally different places. Yeah, I had, and by the time I was out of college, you know, I had dated a girl uh, from Alabama. I had spent all the summers in Alabama. I had worked so many weird, odd jobs throughout, you know, I'd gotten really ingrained into, you know, that area. I remember I had a weird thing where a lot of people thought that I went to a high school in Birmingham, they would they would have a memory where they'd be like, "Yeah, you you know, remember when we did this?" And I'd be like, "Man, I I was not here." Uh, and they'd be like, "Yeah, you went to they, a lot of people thought I went to this. Uh, it was Homewood High School, uh, but I think they had just uh, you know I had been around for a minute. I had spent the summers there as a teenager, 18, 19, 20. I worked the col- Birmingham Southern would put up a board that would uh, be like jobs for hire." I worked for this lady in Crestwood just doing gardening and working on a roof and doing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I just kind of, uh, but basically when I met James, we had such similar interests. James was a really good football player in high school, uh, which I don't think he tells a lot of people. Uh, he really good uh, and uh, he was really into Nintendo and um, guitars and songwriting and uh, video games, computer games, and that was what I was into as well. Les Newby actually told me that we would get along. So then I went and jammed with Adrian Marmalejo and uh, James at like a garage attached to a house that James was renting a room out of. And uh, I think we played the, we played, I asked them if they wanted to play um, with me on a show I was playing with Corey Brandon at Zydeco, like two weeks later. Yeah. Dude, that, we, that's, we immediately. 
That is, that's so wild. Like you have that kind of same thing. And like, I don't know what it is about like the, the kind of people that just get plugged into people's memories. Like I, I, I get that sometimes like uh, people will tell me about a party years ago. I had never been to that area. And it was like, you were there. And I was like, dude, you're getting, you're getting crossed up. I was like, we we have been there, but I was, I, dude, I, I wasn't even aware of that then. And they was like, you were there. And you can't tell them any different. Like, I, I don't know how we wire that in our minds, you know? Yeah. I think that some people are comfortable talking to the, like, uh, to people. And then they, like, they associate that comfortability with, like, maybe they've shared a story with you. So then they feel connected to you in that story. Like, if they told me a story about high school, and I was like, wow, that's crazy. Or they told you a story about somebody that was at that party because they feel comfortable talking to you. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a weird thing. The Birmingham, the Birmingham thing is, uh, and it's also just like, I, I haven't done a whole lot of like interviews and stuff, but um, a lot of times when we do shows, especially out of town uh, and in town here, uh, people from Alabama will introduce me as like a fellow uh, like Alabamian, you know, I, I, you know, I'm guilty. I, I like it. Yeah. I like Alabama. My girlfriend's from Mobile, which is funny because they don't associate with the state. They're Gulf coast people, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when I was in college too, I called it, uh, South Alabama. And, uh, this, uh, this guy I went to college with was just like, nobody calls it South Alabama, man. It's lower Alabama. LA. LA. <laughs> I thought that was sick. Yeah, dude. And like, uh, I mean, just it, it's so funny in the South. And I, I'm sure it's like this everywhere, state to state. But like when it comes to Mardi Gras and Mobile, they are so obsessed with uh, New Orleans didn't start that. We yeah. did. And I was like, well, it doesn't matter who started it. It's who does it better now, ain't it? Yeah, that's like pizza and Italians, dude. It's like go to Chicago or New York. We're doing pizza better than you guys ever did it, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny. I'm we're, I'm doing my first Mardi Gras uh, in Mobile. I've never been to Mardi Gras in New Orleans or otherwise. We're going down in in two weeks. I think it's different now, you know. Uh, Kate has uh, two nieces, and they're going to be down there. And um, from what I've heard, Mobile is a more family-friendly event compared it to New is. Orleans. So it'll be cool. Um, I just, I love, I'm obsessed with alligators and, and pirates and, and shit like that. So I, being down on the Gulf coast to me is still, it's like leaving the country, you know, it's like, I didn't grow up with that at all. Um, it's, it, it, it really feels to me like I'm, you know, in another country. Yeah, dude. Like, uh, after I graduated high school, I went to Shelton state in Tuscaloosa for a time. And, uh, I got the uh, I got the degree and I I started working in a field, and and I, I things weren't clicking for me, and I, I'm sure you can relate to this to where you've been in a city, and you feel like you have done everything that you could possibly do, and what you want out of that city is just not happening. So at that time, what other choice do you have than to move? And so I decided I would move down to Mobile and I'd lived down there for six years. And it was that same mentality, brother. It was like, 
I love pirates. I, I think I, I'm a ginger. I don't really like the sun, but I think I like the water. <laughs> and uh, and just a change of pace and like that 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 Gulf Coast life. It it really does kind of inhabit like uh, what I would call like Alabama or maybe even the South as a whole, to where it's a little bit more laid back, but just a little more uh, palm tree and pyre line. Yeah. Did uh, did you when you were down there? So Kate's folks live right right by Callahan's. Oh my uh, gosh, what a venue! Yeah, that place is awesome. We played there. I've played there a few times now, but I played there. I filled in. Uh, Adrian couldn't make an early James tour. Um, I think uh, I think he was traveling with Paige up to New York or something, or maybe he was playing with a, a band on the longer run. So I filled in and me, James and Joey uh, did like a run through Mississippi. We played in Oxford and then we played in Jackson and then we played in Mobile. Um, but uh, that place, the burgers are insane. I did put, I, I put, we went down there at Taylor Honeycutt years before that. And that was the first time I'd ever been down there. And I had a burger. I maybe smoked like a little bit of a joint out in the, uh, on the street and had a burger and i was like dude this is this is maybe the best burger i've ever had of course it was and josh headley was playing like beautiful like you know <laughs> sad country ballads and i'm just like sitting there with the burger it was awesome yeah it's just crying over the burger this is so great <laughs> <laughs> uh did you did, so when you were down there was i don't know how old callahan's is it was uh it, it seemed like it was an old venue but um was it there when you were there it was, but it wasn't on my radar. Uh, and it's so crazy. Like, since I left Mobile, like, I, I caught the Red Clay Strays several times before they were anywhere what they are now. Like, yeah. those those guys were just getting started. And, uh, like, I connected with Abe Partridge after I left and even some of the other uh, music guys in the Mobile scene, Red and the Revelers and all that. Uh, but... That wasn't the circuit I was running. Like I was playing a lot of gigs out on Dolphin Island. There was this place called the Pelican Reef right before you got to the island. Or even like when it came to uh, Mobile itself, uh, it doesn't exist anymore. Uh, but it was like this rib shack that was right across the road off of uh, Shell Street from the University of South Alabama. They would do live music. And I'm blanking on the name of that place now, but like, and we play, we would do like coffee shop things, but I never ran into like any of that. What, when I think caliber, it's like the blue canoe and like Tupelo. Like yeah. if you want, if you want to have a pulse on who's moving and who's shaking some ground, look at Callahan's and blue canoe and just, and, and look at the wall, look who signed it and look where they've gone. Like my goodness, you know? Yeah. That's uh, that's that's funny. Those those venues. There's a hand, handful of venues. Throw- Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with BetMGM. You'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. About the South, and when I was uh, starting out, that's how I would book, uh, would be looking at those venues, seeing who was playing there, and then typically Bottle Tree in Birmingham was, uh, was on that list. So Shout out. Birmingham, Whitewater Tavern in Little Rock, um, Proud Larry's in Oxford, Blue Canoe in Tupelo. The Nick was also in, you know, there in Birmingham. The um, house that Staples built. <laughs> dude, that that place is that place has some of my favorite nights of my life, uh, uh, and and some of the worst, lowest, <laughs> and not even like like. Just there's a Birmingham. The duality of of Birmingham is uh, this uh, resilient, buoyant attitude that it has. It's like history is like uh, um, this, like the Magic City coming out of you know no major waterways and stuff. And then also this just like inherent darkness behind it. And the Nick can. The Nick can really uh, uh, play, you know, both sides of that coin. It's it's a weird spot, but also, you know, so many good bands come through there. I've been on some bills there and and seen some shows there that uh, I don't think could have existed anywhere else. And uh, the first time I saw the Nick, I was in high school. I watched a documentary about the Drive by Truckers. It was called I I, I I'm gonna slaughter the name. But in the documentary, Mike Cooley is driving past the Nick, and uh, he says something like, uh, there's the Nick, and it's like, shows a picture of the Nick in the rain with the billboards behind it and the projects behind that. And he goes, uh, he goes, uh, anybody that's anybody's played there. 
And uh, I was like, what is this? And when I got to college, I mean, I pretty immediately went there, um, you know, just to see what it was. And it was uh, a total letdown the first time. I don't think there's any bands playing when I went in. And then the next time I went in college, I saw a vulture whale at some point there. Hell yeah. I saw the Dexatines there. Um, saw some amazing shows where it was like transformative. Oh, dude, Dexatines is so funny. There's a uh, there's a great YouTube video on the Dexatines live at the Nick, and they're doing like this short interview right before the show starts. And uh, I don't remember which member of the Dexatines it was. I, I think it was Elliot, the front man. And he had invited his dad out uh, to the Nick that night. And he was like pumping himself up. And you know how it is, like talking to your old man about the band, you know, what's the old saying? If you want to disappoint your parents, go into art. Yeah. And uh, he was like, big deal, Dad. We, we got a big show. It's at the Nick in Birmingham. And his dad comes out, and it's just nobody shows up. And right before the show starts, his dad walks up, and he's like, the big show, huh? Real oh, cool. Man. And he was like, golly, you didn't have to you didn't have to do that. <laughs> That's brutal. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've seen yeah, I've seen uh, I've seen the Dex teens pack it out. I hope Elliot's old man got to see one of those nights because that band I'm sure he did. The right night on the right night that band is really uh the best that you know Alabama has to offer. The- quintessential alabama af dude like uh i love drive-by i know that's uh more of an athens georgia and uh but all the members are from alabama you know that's that's right and uh yeah dexatines is right there by him and then just like oh dude i couldn't imagine like if i were like prospecting alabama huntsville's booming but if I if I were a musician like Mobile, yeah. But then you're six to eight hours from everywhere. It's Birmingham. You can get anywhere quick. And plus, yeah. it's like it's a mecca, dude. And like you have all this history. You have all the lore. You have like, I mean, just think of all the musicians that are hanging around there right now. I mean, it's ridiculous. You know, it's just yeah. it's a beautiful place. It is, and things are booming. Yeah, a hundred percent. That that scene is uh, that's awesome. We played uh, we played there recently with a band called Sick Fucks. They were amazing. Like, Ham Bagby's they, bunch. Yeah, dude. Yeah, they really uh, uh, they really love ham. Uh, and speaking of ham, Elliot uh, Elliot. The first time I heard a Ham Bagby song was I heard uh, um, Shit's Crucial and was like, oh of man, course. yeah, there there it goes. And then past that, I obviously uh, spent a lot of time with him. At open mics and got to hear, um, you know, the all of, all of what AM has to offer. But shit's crucial was, uh, yeah, uh, incredible. But I think Elliot plays guitar on the Live at the Nick recording of that. And Ham Bagby's favorite band of all time. Anyone uh, in the tri-state area knows that it's the uh, That's right. Yeah, dude, Ham's a legend. He's uh, what a what a cool what a cool dude. Um, great songwriter and just a uh, uh, yeah, what an epic guy. Loves the shred. Uh, that I think me and him both match up on that. I like I said, I, I like some some weird hair metal 
Pam's weird, not weird, but uh, surprising uh, interest in Prince uh, always uh, was striking to me. When Prince mm -hmm. died, he just went to um, this bar in Crestwood, Crestwood Tavern. Pam just showed up and he said, hey, Prince died. And I'm going to play uh, Prince songs on, on, on guitar for the next three hours. You don't need to pay me. And then just set up on the stage and played. It was awesome. Um, yeah. So uh, where are you from originally? Uh, Kennedy, Alabama. Okay, cool. Yeah, and then uh, I've lived all over Alabama, and now I'm working on living all over Mississippi. Sweet. Mississippi's <laughs> rad. Um, it's cool. Yeah. Well, dude, uh, uh, what would inform you that it was time for you to leave Birmingham on the Nashville? Um, got the, uh, the, one of the guys that works next door just walked out, but, uh, um, I think, uh, I liked, I, I, I mean, I love Birmingham. I think, uh, as far as, um, a place to live and the way that the city set up. I, I like Birmingham probably better than, than Nashville. Um, I had been in Birmingham for a minute. It's funny because thinking back, I thought that I had two years after college, it felt like an eternity in Birmingham. And I, I just got, I was itching to get out, but there wasn't any like particular reason. I was really just, uh, I've played a show with a guy named Darren Bradbury who lives here. Darren was like, I have a room open in my house if you want to move up here in Nashville. And it was, it was cheap. I think it was cheaper rent than I was paying in Birmingham at the time. He, he was like a couple hundred bucks uh, uh, you know, a month to rent a room in his house. And uh, then I was talking about it at a bar and Zach Austin, a dude in Birmingham, you know, Zach, Zach was like, oh, I have a, 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 a friend who's uh, working at a frame shop, a picture frame shop, and I think that they're hiring. So, I, And I had a show here on like the 11th of that month. It was like the first week of April. I played the show up here. Then I went over to the frame shop and just to kind of get a feel of it. And then I went back and I just I quit my job and uh, just moved up here. It was I, I told everybody and I told myself that I was just going for three months. Temporary. Yeah. I think everybody does that. I think that there's a weird thing with Nashville too. It's just like a lot of people uh, set an arbitrary date to be like, this is, you know, this is how long I'm going to attempt this. Um, and since then, Nashville has been all the things I thought it was going to be. And uh, none of the things that I thought was going to be simultaneously, you know, it's, it is, it's just a place where people live and work like any other place, you know, even though there is so much music here, uh, it's just a city like any other city. The, the thing that I didn't expect was not just how many good bands there are, but how many, um, how many good bands are just doing it and don't care about like, I, I feel like I see shows all the time. Like some of my favorite bands here are, um, they're not like trying to 
they're just doing it for the for the sake of art or for the sake of uh, of com- camaraderie or for the fun of it. You know, it's it's fun to play love the game. Life. Yeah, and I, I think that that's really cool. And and there's you know other things I like about it, but I, I I've been here for six years now. It's it's kind of flown by. I'm going on seven this coming year. Um, yeah, I just. Uh, I could have ended up, I literally, if anybody, if somebody in Austin had been like, Hey, I have a room. That's probably where I would have ended up. It wasn't like a big conscious decision that I made to try Nashville specifically. Um, and since then I almost moved to Memphis. I almost moved to Chicago at one point. Um, and neither of those things worked out. And, and then I started doing the frame shop and you know, this is, this is, you know, what I do, you know? Yeah. I mean, like just latest posts that I've seen of yours. I mean, uh, S and S, right. Yep. And so, I mean, tell the good people, I mean, plug the shop. Yeah. Well, uh, me and Mac, Maxwell's a visual artist. Uh, and uh, we both had been working in a frame shop during the, you know, prior to the pandemic. And then when the pandemic happened and we got denied for an SBA loan to buy that frame shop, which was a blessing in disguise because instead of going into major debt to the government, we just uh, rented a really small shop in South Nashville and started from the ground up. And we've been doing it for over two years now. And the band practices in here, we record in here with uh, like a boss digital eight track and a laptop and. Amen. And road tied to that. Yeah, it rocks. It's uh, it's thank God for an eight track dog. Yeah, it's it's uh this this one specifically it's the bot uh, boss eight sixty four it's uh it's got its own like proprietary bobo sized uh like uh memory card so we we don't save anything on the eight track we just save it on the computer but it has my favorite um like uh I mean. We kind of use it like a, uh, I kind of use it like a preamp um, for for guitar takes, but um, it's uh, it's rad. They're like uh, a weird era where like the Porta Studio stuff and the uh, the cassettes were going out of style, and um, Boss was trying to go digital, but uh, it's like obviously not going to be. Hey, I think uh, I think my dog is about to need to go to the bathroom. Do you mind if I if we pause for a second? Yeah, not do what you're about to do. Okay, I'm gonna take him out real quick. Uh, okay, yeah. So, um, yeah, we've uh, yeah, I've been really lucky to uh, to be able to to have the band in here, and all of us live in apartments, so none none of us uh, have the space. Yeah. So having this has been has been really cool. I just moved kind of the work tables out of the way. Our drummer brings his drums in and kind of set up all this uh, this stuff. But it it's cool because I I feel um, I feel like it uh, it's it's where we practice for shows. So it seems fitting to me that the recording happens in that same space. Whereas I feel like going into studios can be kind of can be kind of daunting you know like you you're not playing the same way or i don't know it's hard um 
I struggled for a long time figuring out how to have recordings that I liked. Same dude. Uh, with the with the record that I put out and everything that I've been working on since then, uh, whether it's recording myself or someone else, as I'm as lo-fi as possible. And that's just where I'm at. That may change tomorrow. But I, I am really into the room and what you sound like in the room. And that's all I care about. And when when that one shot recording is over, we're not gonna we're not gonna fabricate it. We ain't doing another take. We ain't doing squat. Like if, if you and I were sitting together right now at SNS and I gave you an acoustic guitar and I was like, Ryan, open and close the show. I give you one run. Open it. Hey, this is Ryan. Welcome to Porch Talk. This is a song called Da 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 Da. Okay, that's it. I wasn't really happy about that. Well, that's what it was. We we'll do we'll do one more cut. But after that, dude, dude, we've already done it. That it is what it is. Yeah, and uh, that that's. I don't like that approach a lot of times, but then again, it's like how many times have we sat there with the red light on and just re-recorded, re-recorded, re-recorded until you have frustrated the shit out of yourself. You're not doing any better at that point. You're not doing yourself a service. I, I think the best thing to do is to walk away and to come back later. Uh, but like, if you can't do it first shot sitting down, I say walk away. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, we definitely, I think most of the, the dead mall, the first dead mall record is mostly first and tech second takes of songs. Uh, and we track live. We don't do a click or anything. Um, uh, and then there'll be overdubs for vocals or, you know, or uh, second guitar oh, or whatever. But uh, yeah, I mean, we recorded a couple of new, we're working on a second record right now and we recorded a couple of them. And uh, one of them was the first take we recorded last Thursday and the other one was I think the second take um, but I'm sure we could have hit it another six times and then just hated ourselves and uh, not known which one was the best version and just instead oh, of that oh. we just pick it and we move on in, in, in a band man like uh, you know as well as I do like dude there, there's an animosity that begins to build up like I like a live recording with everyone in the room and you all do it at once now granted I understand like if you don't have the room to do it or whatever the case but uh let's just say it's the same guy two times in a row that wasn't hitting there's gonna be a little animosity there be like yeah. I don't know what's going on but if I need to record your part later I will <laughs> yeah I think uh I think that that, that pressure is, uh, uh, yeah, limited with the dead mall because there's only three of us, which is nice. The three piece makes yeah. a lot easier. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know if I would uh, do so well in a really big band. Um, I think the three piece is definitely the, uh, the best vehicle for uh, at least the stuff that I'm doing right now. Hey man, where are you, where are you at? Uh, like right now, like, uh, if we were to pull up your, however you ingest music, whether it's YouTube or 
Spotify. Who are you? Who who are you listening to today? Who is moving uh, you? Today I listened to ACDC, John Conley, and uh, Charlie Rich. Uh, right on, dude. Kind of, a, kind of a weird mix. Friend sent me some ACDC, and then uh, a friend here had shown me uh, some John Conley stuff that I uh, Rose Colored Glasses is the name of the record. It's an eighties um, John Conley record, and then. Um, I started listening to every time you touch me, I get high, uh, Charlie rich, super smooth. We're going to Memphis for a wedding in a couple weeks. And I just was thinking about Memphis and the Delta. So, uh, hey. yeah, I would say, uh, that's, that's pretty, that my two favorite records of, or yeah, I guess, uh, well, my favorite record of last year was this, uh, Tony Molina and uh, this band, The Lost Days, did a record uh, called In the Store. Um, it's uh, a Bay Area, Bay Area band. Um, just really sort of post-punk, sort of power pop. Just uh, it's, it was really, really cool. I listened to that a lot. Um that Bay Area has a particular sound when it comes to the guitar. Yeah, jingle. And, uh, jingle. And, and, and you and you always know it when you hear it if they're being true to the Bay Area sound. Yeah, that jang it's, it's like a jangly sound uh, to me. There's a a few bands there that are great: Blues Lawyer, Uni Boys. Um, there's a lot of really cool stuff coming out of there. Yeah, dude. Well, dude, uh, I don't want to miss anything, but I have, uh, if I did, uh, you can, you can plug it, but I have three, uh, questions and we'll begin walking this puppy out of the door. Ryan, okay. thank you so much for your time. Thank, th thank you, Alan, for having me on Porch Talk. It's, uh, it's an honor and, uh, just, uh, so to actually get to uh, have a conversation, man. Yeah, uh, dude. I mean, this has been yeah. off and on for years now between us. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, uh, I'm, this is really fun. I had a really good time. Yeah, dude, I, like, I'm telling you, like, since the day that I was driving to Birmingham to go hang out with James, and he's like, oh, by the way, listen to the the Dead Mall and Concrete Feelings. I was like, I have got to talk to this guy. But, uh, dude, question number one uh, for you is, uh, man, like, social media, uh, music, how can people support what you're doing? Uh, yeah, we... Uh... We have a, a, a band page. It's called. It's just the Dead Mall on Instagram. Um, and then uh, our most recent record came out uh, with Like You Mean It Records in Nashville. Um, they have our uh, music, you know, for purchase uh, on their website and their Bandcamp. Um, and then, um, you know, we're on all those streaming services, and um, I think. Yeah, well, I, 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 we don't have any. Sh the The next show we have coming up is February seventeenth at Punk Walk uh, in Nashville, which is like a sushi restaurant that does punk shows after yeah. hours. So uh, we're doing that with Palm Ghosts on the seventeenth. Um, and yeah, that's uh, that's my answer to that one. All right, question two. I hope it opens up a little bit in your travels. Uh, where has been a favorite place that you have been? And where is somewhere that's on the radar that you would like to go? It could be anywhere in the world. Okay. So I, um, 
I think my I, I have to look up the uh, while I'm doing this. I've got to look up the name of this venue. We played in Tallahassee, I think, last year, mm-hmm. and uh, the so we played one of my one of my favorite songwriters of all time um, lives here in Nashville. His name's Rayvon Pettis. Incredible. He's an Alabamian. Uh, you you would love his stuff. Rayvon is uh, he's incredible, uh, but. He was like, we were talking about booking uh, some shows and um, basically Rayvon uh, uh, was like, you know, introduced me to his brother. Um, so we played a uh, we played a show in Tallahassee with his brother. His brother happens to be um, one of the uh, he put out he put out a record during the pandemic uh, uh, that uh, just. Uh, Dog is Goob uh, is the name of the record, but it's uh, the, the band is called Hundred Watt Horse. We played at a vegan restaurant slash punk venue with Hundred Watt Horse and uh, uh, a local like trap uh, hip hop indie artist uh, named Jordy Hendrix there in Tallahassee. That was like the most surprising. It was an amazing show. Uh, they had like a local radio station come out and run uh, a booth. The college like indie scene was like super strong there. They like came out to see like whatever touring band was coming through. Um, the venue was awesome, super uh, welcoming space. And then the show itself was just like, it was perfect. It was, it was exactly like what I wanted uh, you know, every other show to look like on the road. So that place, uh, Tallahassee, weirdly was uh, was the best. And I'm I'm trying to find the um, the post for it, and I'm having trouble uh, doing that. But I wish I could plug that venue because it was it was awesome. There's a guy from a, uh, a record store there. He bought a bunch of our cassettes and then sold them out of the. Uh, out of the uh, record store for a while, which I thought was really rad too. But um, man, I I can't find it. I'm I'm one. I'm an idiot. But uh, oh, two, good, I'm, dude. Tallahassee, the next next spot I would want to go to. I've never been to New York City in my life. I'd like to go there. Yeah, never been there. Go play it. Yeah, I mean that'd be cool. Uh, hopefully, uh, we finish this record. Maybe we could do a run up there, but. Hey, you talking to you talking to a guy that could get you up there, dude. <laughs> yeah, if you uh, if you know people up there, uh, I really don't. Um, so you know. Yeah, yeah I don't mind know. lining you up on that. Uh, yeah, dude, it's uh, like I don't know. Like since doing this podcast, like we we've been able to do a whole lot, like through Zoom up into uh, New York with a lot of great bands and capturing a lot of sounds that. I've never heard and I wasn't even aware of. And just by having those guys on and just being enveloped in that New York city scene. And the beautiful thing about New York city is what, well, it's the melting pot. It's uh, the big apple. I mean, it's, it's got everything that you could possibly want. And, uh, it also, uh, has clientele or an audience, uh, and they're waiting for you. And uh, that 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 was always something that I was real interested in, but I have I've uh, 
I want to I want to go play there one day too. But I, I really want to have a real well old machine and a full band that I am damn proud of. Yeah, I, I like if I was doing singer songwriter, I was like, I don't think you got a listening room there that would book me. But I don't mind playing a dive bar. I mean, that's my favorite thing. Yeah. But but I want my band to bring it, which I don't yeah. have right now. But uh, I could definitely see the dead mall up there. That'd be awesome. Yeah, we, uh, I've never never stepped foot in the city, um, and as an American, I feel like that's yeah you know, bucket list for anybody, just generally speaking. But playing there would be really cool. You and I should do this great heist. Internet turn off real quick. We're going to get the dead mall to distract everybody. Me and Ryan are going to go over and get the copper off of the Statue of Liberty's big toe, and we're going to sell it and make a fortune. Wait, this seems like a Sopranos, uh, uh, you know, uh, offshoot. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's funny, man. I, I really I do want to see the Statue of Liberty. I want to see what that thing looks like. I want to see if it's as big as everybody does this you know right hell yeah dude oh last question to walk out of the door uh and ryan i would love you're welcome anytime anytime you got something to promote whatever you just tell me or if you want to hop on here and we can maybe get james on here we can do a three-way i think that would be, uh, that'd be awesome. but um last question to walk out of the door what was your favorite part of this conversation I mean, I mean, it's it's a it's an emotional topic, but uh, talking about uh, you know uh, the way that you uh, connected with concrete feelings uh, was uh, that's really special to me, and um, and uh, yeah, that uh, that to me is um, it's really meaningful, and uh, to connect uh, with somebody you know over the internet and uh, and have a, a, a you know now a shared experience is it's really cool. And the internet fucking sucks for so many reasons. It's horrible. But for this reason, it's, it's cool. You know, it's, it's to be able to connect yeah. to other people to be able to, to, you know, like, yeah, uh, I, I think that that, uh, to me is just really meaningful. So I, I, also, love ham. Hmm? I also love ham. So talking about ham always, uh, Oh uh, my God, I could do a full podcast about ham. He's um, he's like a he's like a mythical uh, uh, character, um, yeah. And so is James. I mean, James is uh, you know anybody that anybody that's gone through Alabama in the past few years uh, inevitably goes you know early, and I'm like yeah, he's uh, he's a, he's an amazing writer, dear friend, and uh, he's he's a, he's a good dude. Adrian, all those uh, all those guys in Birmingham. Uh, really dear to me as well but yeah well brother of uh, man of uh, best wishes i hope you won't be a stranger to the show i'm glad we got this out of the way uh best of luck to you and the dead mall to s and s with the frame uh whatever y'all got going on there uh but uh brother this will do it for here and now ryan thank you so much thank you so much alan
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite.